Okay, Parsha Shlach. Tavshinayin Ches. And wow, is it going to get exciting? <laughs> I wish we had time to literally just read through the Psukim. But we don't, so let's just do the first. Uh, th- let's talk about some names. And we're going to find an interesting anomaly here. So you'll follow along with me. And I'm going to give everybody a quiz to try and figure out in what order are these names done. Let's, let's begin. V'yadavra Hashem al-Maisha Lamer. Hashem speaks to Maisha saying, sounds, starts out pretty innocuously. Shlach l'cha anoshim. Send men. You want to close the door? V'yasuru es Eretz Canaan. And they're going to tour the land of Canaan. They're going to go through it. Asher ni noisin livne. You saw that I'm going to give, that I am giving. Right? It doesn't say, I'm going to give, but I am giving. To b'nei Yisrael, ish echad, ish echad, lamate avoysef. One person for each mat. Tishlachu kal nasi behem. And they're chashif. Everyone's a nasi. Everyone's a prince. Vayishlach asam maishad. Maishad sends them out. Mimid bar parent. Al pi Hashem. Kulam anoshim rashim b'nei Yisrael. Again, we repeat a second time. They're anoshim. Means they're chashif. Rashi b'nei Yisrael. They're the heads of b'nei Yisrael. Ve'elish maishim. Now, I'm going to read the names. See if you can figure out the order of the names. Okay? The first one, so it starts out easy. Lamate Ruven Shamua ben Zakur. Lamate Shimon Shavit ben Chori. Lamate Yehuda Kalim ben Yefuna. Lamate Yisachar. Oops, sorry about that. Yigal ben Yosef. Lamate Ephraim Hoshea ben Nun. Lamate ben Yomim Palti ben Rafu. Lamate Zvulun Gadiel ben Sodi. Lamati Yosef, Lamati Menashe, it's interesting about Menashe, it says Lamati Yosef, Lamati Menashe, but not by Ephraim. Gadi ben Susi. Lamati Don, Amiel ben Gamali. Lamati Oshes, Sur ben Michael. Lamati Naftoi, Nachmi ben Vofsi. Lamati God, Geuel ben Mochi. Elu Shmois, Anoshim, Meshalach, Maisha, Lasser, and Zarts. These are the men. So the question is, in what order are they? Yosef's in the middle somewhere. He's in the middle. It, 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 you know, sh- Yehuda's, uh, Leah's kids are sort of uh, here and there. Um, right, we have one of Rachel here, one of Rachel there. Together, Bill and Zopa. Like they're, they're not together. There's no order. So the Ramban asks this question. And the Ramban says like this. He says, and we'll read it. He says, Lola told Isam. It's not according to the, 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 the way they're, who's the oldest and the youngest. Lola de It's not according to Degel. Lola to Isam. Not according to the Arm. Lola told Isam. So who are they? What word are they on? Says the Ramban. We're going by how chashev they are. So the most chashev went number one. That was the in two and three. I remember when I was a bacher in yeshiva, so they used to number the um, coat hangers. So the coat hangers be numbered. There were, let's say, 150 people in the yeshiva. So the rosh yeshiva got number, coat hanger number one. The uh, next rosh yeshiva got two. The mashgiach got three. The, the 12th grade rebbe got four. The 11th grade rebbe got five, and so on. And then the bachrim, according to the chashivas. So everybody got to be, you know, you knew exactly where you stand. So the same thing. It says the Ramban, kindly female It goes according to the most chashiv. They were Russian in the Siam. Kasher Sipper. Vihizgar Hanichbad Kaidim Bamaila. Kimimaila Atsumanom. Loi Lamaila Sashev. It says the Ramban, they're going according to them. 
So that's why it doesn't go in any shavit order. It goes into the order of these people to show their chashu. Why do we number them according to the people? Because, because we're going to talk about the tmiya. The, 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 we can't understand why they did this. <laughs> if they were so cautious, this is of course the central question of Parsha Shlach is why did they do it? If they were so cautious and they were so high... And I say, why did the, he have to send them if he knew the land was... That's good. a different question, right? That's a you different know, question. Exactly. What is. So, okay, but you know, so they, whatever their reasoning was, we've talked about in the past, in order to conquer it according to the Ruchnius Shabbai, because everywhere they'll walk, they'll bring Ruchnius. We, we talked about that. But now we're going to talk about this. So the question we have now, immediately on the table, though, is if that's true, that it goes according to their Mila. So who were the two people that resisted and became the heroes of the, of the episode, of the Parsha? Was Kalev and Yeshua. Now what would you think? Wouldn't you think that they would be number one and two? Because they were the ones. But it's not. Kalev, take a look. Where was Kalev? Maybe you'll help me over here. Kalev, Lamat Yehuda, Kalev ben Yifuna. is number three. And where was, where was Yoshua? In Pasuk Ches, Lamat Yifrayim Hoshebun, and he was number five. So here you have, they weren't even the most Choshev. They were numbers three and five in the Hashivas order. But they were the ones who stood out. They were the ones who didn't, didn't fall in. But then we have a second question. So one, we know, why didn't they fall in? Yoshua didn't fall in because Moshe Rabbeinu davened for him. Kal Yoshiach Matzas Meragma. Hashem should save you from the Meragma. Kalev didn't fall in. Why? Because Kalev went to Hebron to dab by Kiriyavis. But the question is, why was Kalev, if he was number three and Yoshua was number five, why, when Moshe Rabbeinu looked for a successor, did he choose Yoshua? Number five. Why didn't he take Kalev, who was number three? Why did the colleague was more cautious than, than than Yeshua? Why did he take him? So there's many reasons given why. One, he was his Talmud. So he was his he was his star Talmud. Doesn't say the colleague was his star Talmud. Yeshua was a star Talmud. So he had an affinity. But even more than that, he took him for two other reasons. One is it says, Lo Yamush What Yeshua had is total loyalty. To Moshe and total loyalty to Rebbeinu Shalom. He never left the base medrash. Matter of fact, it says when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, it says Yoshua went up with him. Yeshua stayed for forty days on the side of the mountain. We've asked this question in the past. Why did Yeshua stay forty days in the mountain? Why did he? Uh, why did he go back and come back in forty days? He didn't want to leave his Rebbe. He always wanted to be lo yomish mitoich oil. He always wanted to be with Moshe Rabbeinu. So he was zayicha. Because of that loyalty to the Torah, that loyalty to Rebbeinu Shem, you know, something, there's always the famous stories that they read about the, the rich man who goes to the yeshiva and he asks, you know, I want the best bacher. And the, 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 the mashkiach or whoever he goes to the yeshiva says, best bacher in what? There's lots of, there's best bacher in Hasmada, there's best bacher in his, in his uh, learning. But we see here that the best bacher is the one who sticks to the yeshiva, who stays with, with the Rebbeinu who stays with the yeshiva. I remember I once had a question of my, my I asked my Rebbe, Zolzayn Gazuni, Shlita Rosh Shiva, Tel Chicago. And I had a Shaila that I wanted to learn at that time, Bikiyas. I wanted to learn up many blot. And uh, so the question I asked him, should I go on my own and learn up many blot, or should I stay with the Yeshiva Sugya together with the Yeshiva? Or do something separate? And I remember he said, you're with the Yeshiva, you stay with the Yeshiva. 
You're here, you've got to be loyal. This is your part of what's going on here. You have to be part of what's going on here. If there's something going on, you have to be part of it. And that's what he told me. So Yoshua had, number one, the mile of Loyomish Mitaich oil. He never left the oil. He never left Moshe Rabbeinu. He never left the Rebunsh. He never left Tyre. And two, of course, he had that magnificent mile of Anova. It says in the Targum Yonason that why was Yeshua chosen? It says, Kad. Uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw Anvasanusa, when he saw the Anivas, he saw the humility of Yoshua, that's what made him choose him. And in order to be a really true leader, you have to be humble. You have to know your strengths. You can't be, you can't be, you can't be falch on Nevis. You have to know who you are, but at the same time, you have to realize there's other people in the world and you have to work with them and you have to deal with them. And that's the key to success if you're going to be a true leader, is valuing everybody and seeing everybody as valid and not yourself as the, uh, as the high defense or the queen bee or whatever lotion you want to use for it. So that's the thing, the first thing that we learn out is that even though Kalev was three, and Yeshua was five in the order, and the Ramban says according to their Mila. Nevertheless, Yeshua was chosen to be the head of the Klal Yisrael. Okay, I'd like to do now go to Pasuk Test, deal with a specific word, and then I'd like to go to something from Yitzchak Vorka, which is a Yisoid in the whole Indian to help us understand the Mrangman. First, before we do that, let's go to Pasuk Yud Test. Uh, I'm sorry, Pasuk Test. Yudal Tess, we have it right here on page 419. And it says like that, this is, where's, where are we up to in the story? Like we said, I wish we could just learn through the story, we don't have time. But the Meraglim come, they do the uh, Nebuch, uh, speak Lashon Har and Eretz Yisrael, they scare everybody, everybody's crying, and there's, it's a panic. And uh, Kalev gets up, and he gives a speech. And the speech, he tells them, we can do it, don't worry, it'll be good. And one of the things they say over here, it says, right by Shlishi, Pasuk Ches, Hashem desires us, who's, he's the vast beloved vast, he gives us the land of flowing milk and honey, right, we, that's where we get the Lashen, the vast beloved vash. It says, So, he makes a few points. Point number one is he says, it's a beautiful land. HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised it to us. Don't, don't let them scare you. Don't let these people scare you. And a second important accord, you don't realize what you're doing. You're not rejecting these ten people. In other words, because what would I say? If I would say, if I was just standing there, I'd say, well, I know, I learned in my Chomish Akri Rabam Lahatos, you go after the majority, and I look over here, and there's, remember the Ochoshim, we just said that, and on this side I've got ten, and that side I have two. So I would say, well, I don't know, it seems to me the Psach is like them. But he says, this is not a matter of, of Shikul Hadas. This is the Rebbein Shalom. The Rebbein Shalom told us to go in, and you're going to rebel against them by doing this. Vatem Altiru Es don't fear the people of the land, because they're our bread. They lost their, their menshlechkeit. They lost the tzelem elokim. Hashem Hashem is with us. He reframes the argument, Kolev. He reframes, this is not a matter of ten and two. This is a matter of judgment. This is a matter of right and wrong. And you're on the wrong side of history, which they very much were on the wrong side of history, if you're going to rebel. Don't rebel against Hashem. 
realize that the people that they're telling you are, are so real scary, they're our bread. Don't worry about it. So he talks about what does that mean, our bread? It's a funny Lashen issue. What, what does he mean to say in that Lashen, for there are bread? He's talking about the, the Knan. Don't worry about them, they're our bread. What's, what's bread got to do with anything? So he explains very nicely that bread is something we all have to work hard for. He says the difference between us and the Dorha Midbar. If you look at the Dorha Midbar, they didn't have to work so hard for their bread, right? Because they got the mud. But even the mud they had to work for. It wasn't poured into their mouth, right? They had to walk and get it. Have you ever thought about that? They also had to do something. Hashem was saying, it's not, you know, I'm going to give you, a, you know, it's like a discount. You know, I won't charge you full price, but getting away with everything, you're not getting away with it. Even the man, you know, you've got to walk out for it. You're bigger tzaddik, you walk less. You're less of a tzaddik, you walk more. But not only that, you've got to cook it and bake it, right? right? It's a whole, we said that last week, parer, you know, you have to put it, it gives a whole, you know, cooking instructions. Some, right, you may think, I mean, probably one of those, you know, trivia quizzes, like, where do you find a recipe in the tire? <laughs> you know, so the recipe is for the mud, because it says how you should cook it, how you should bake it, you know, exactly how you should do it. So therefore, even the money you have to work somewhat for. But lechem, you really have to work for. For parnosa, you have to work for. It's meis Hashem. It was from Kodesh Baruch But it has, but once you work for it, a Kodesh Baruch gives it to you. So he says, that's what he was called, was saying. Haknanim chazakim, you're right, they're right. They're strong, Giboyrim, Anokim, all of those things they didn't say one thing wrong. All true. However, that's like Parnasa. It says Parnasa is Kukriyas Yamsuf, right? We all, everybody here is in this year because we're working right now, right? We're in the middle of our work day. So we know that we have to schlep from the bus or train to get here. We probably had already three things with the boss this morning. You know, everybody's got something going on. It's, it's not the easiest thing. Everyone's happy to have Shabbos, right? That's why Shabbos is so good schmack. Because, you know, you had a whole week and all the things are gone, you go home. But, but Akash Baruch gives us Pernos, and we're very grateful for that. But he says, all sorts of psukim about it, right? You have to work for it. So he says the same thing over here. It's true that there are knocking. It's true, all of those things are true. But we got to work for it. Who said it was going to be easy? Who said it's going to be nothing? That's what he says. Anokim haloy l'ashem Yeshua. Avamah, who writes the shanat, what does he want shanat, the nasu lifa, we should start working. Neitzi l'marocha, go out to the war. Vod yishlok lono, as birchos of Ezrosa, Hashem will help us. Lachmenu in kebo ha'parnosa. That's what we meant. They're lachem. It's not going to come easy. It's going to come hard. But it's going to be there in the end. But it's more than that. Lechem, nobody has a guarantee they'll have parnasa. Hashem has said there'll be poor people in the world. The Pasuk says, Tilt Mashiach site, there'll be poor people and the rich people. You don't know. We all die and we want to be, we'll take the rich over the poor. But it's up to the Rebunshim. Said color, but here it's for sure. Here Hashem is promising it to you. And Hashem is saying, Work for it, you'll get it. And that's it. You've got to, Umatsasa. If you work for it, you'll get it. And it's very interesting. So it says, you've got to mitzasa, tamen. If somebody says, I work for it and I got it, believe him. That's in Ruchnius, not in Gashmius. In Gashmius, it's up to everybody. You can work from Hanpa's morgue, you can make ten business deals and lose money. You make one business deal and make money. That's Hashem. That's Yogata. Hashem decides. But in Ruchnius, Hashem gives us a promise. You've got to mitzasa, tamen. If you look for it, you'll get it. Because it's Ruchnius. 
and it's a different world. So we, have, we live in two worlds. We live in the Gashmias world where we don't know. We live in the Ruchnius world where we know if we work at it, we'll for sure get it said. Kalev, this is Ruchnius. It's Hashem is asking us. Hashem Hashem is promising to us. It's Kakiyar is not a Gashmias. Kakiyar is a Ruchnius. And if we have that Ruchnius, we will be able to conquer it. So we will be able to get there. And that's what he was telling them. Sadly, it was a beautiful drasha. It was a beautiful speech. But they weren't listening. They were, they were, they were gestopped. Although the truth is, in the end, they did listen. Because in the end, they did try and go up. We had the Nephilim, where they did say, we did a chet, and you know, saying we were wrong, and now we're going to go. And Hashem said, it's too late. You're no longer the people who can go. It's going to be your kids are going to go. It'll be the next generation. But you see that maybe, you know, I just thought of this now, but they say sometimes either when you daven or you give musr to somebody and you say it fell on deaf ears, no such thing. It may have not been listened to now, but it may be listened to later. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're giving it, there's certain pride. If you go over to somebody and say, you know, you did wrong, you shouldn't do this. The person has a pride. I, I didn't do it wrong. You, you, how dare you talk to me like this, etc., etc. But once you're out, you're out of reach, then they can start thinking about it. Maybe you were right, and then they'll talk to change themselves. What? Second thoughts. Yeah, second thoughts. They think about it. So this is what happens. So maybe I'm, so I'm rethinking. When we think Kolev failed, maybe Kolev didn't fail. Maybe the reason that they went eventually and they wanted to go up is because once you know it, everybody calmed down and once they weren't so tzitzit and they were out of their stage of you know ra'ada, they were able to think clearly and say, you know, he's right. And then they tried, and then it was too late. But that's the Indian. I guess the, the, the other lesson you have to try and stay calm so you can think straight because sometimes by the time you think about it, it's too late. But that was the story. So Kalish said, Lachmenuhim, they are lechem. They're like our parnasa, that you work hard for it. But they're not a regular lechem, because a regular lechem, you don't know if you'll succeed or not. They're a different type of lechem. They're the type of lechem that you're for sure going to get. They're spiritual lechem. They're going to, for sure we will conquer, for sure we will win. And as we just said now, that the words of Kali maybe did not fall in deaf ears totally, because eventually you see they did want to go up. So we asked the question before, and this is really what I want to talk about. This, uh, uh, like a Take us to a whole different place. What were, the, what were they all about? What were they all about? What did they have in mind? Why did they do it? So there's a word from Rebutsa Gavorka. Rebutsa Gavorka was a great tzaddik. I, you know, I had the schus, I've mentioned this in sheer a number of times, that I was about 30, maybe 40 years ago, maybe 40 years ago, I was visiting the hospital in Brooklyn in Kings Highway Hospital, which is now, I think, NYU. I don't know who, who's got it now. Beth, Beth Israel. Beth Israel, yeah. And I was visiting, I met a 106-year-old man. And the man was told me he remembered Rebutzik Vorka. I know, I did too. And he remembered the fire in Vorka in 1880 when he was a kid. That's, that's how long it was. Rebutzik Vorka was one of the great tzaddikim of the late... In the, 18, the 18, late 1800s, yeah. So, yeah, you could touch Well, this is 40 years ago, figure it was 1970, let's say 7, I moved there in 80, he had to be 80, let's say it was 1980, he was 106, he was born in 1874, and the fire was in the mid 80s, he was probably like 10, 11 years old in 1885, let's say when the fire, I didn't say exactly what year, but just making the judgment, it works. So this is Gavork, but he was considered a tremendous, tremendous, but I just feel I have a shy because of this, I feel like I, I touched, the, you know. So, 
like they used to say that you know you saw the Chafetz Chaim, somebody you saw the Chafetz Chaim was Nishta, the Zalber Mensch was not the same person as somebody a regular person. He was he saw the Chafetz Chaim already made him a different person. So I've told often when I was a kid in yeshiva there was somebody at the Rosh Shiva, you say have covered for this man he saw the Chafetz Chaim. So anyway, so here's what Yitzchak Varka says. He, he says, let's take a look at the Mekayshish. At the end of the parsha, we have the story of the Mekayshish Eishim, the man who chopped wood on Shabbos, who, was his, who were his daughters, he had five of them, right? This was Slavkin. So, so the question is, if he was such a Russia, how did he have such magnificent daughters? Where did, where did he go? The answer is, maybe he wasn't such a Russian. So the Gemara says, I mean, the Tzvosik says, What do we do with the Mekayshish Eishim? He should die. Ragamos Avanan. And they threw stones and they killed him. Says the Gemara Baba Basadaf could give a test. Taisa says that Mikaishish Lashem Shemaim Niskavna. That the Mikaishish really wasn't just a bad guy who decided to cut wood on Shabbos and the Veltarain and they he did it on purpose. Because he felt that the Cloud Yusrael needs to know how serious Shabbos is. So he intentionally went out in order to cut wood on Shabbos so they should kill him. He was Meister Nefesh to establish the Allah. Remember, everything was very new then. Nobody knew anything, right? What did it say by the Mishkan? Not of Avihu had to die that day because that would inaugurate the Mishkan. The death of Not of Avihu inaugurated the, the Mishkan because it showed the seriousness of the Mishkan to the whole, to the all of the Klag Yisrael. Where was the wood so, in the desert anyway? Where what? Wood in the desert. You cut down wood. Oh, so the Barbanel says, uh, first of all, there are scrub trees and things like that. You do. If you have an oasis, there are trees by an oasis. So it could be they, I'm just saying the possibility. But that's a good question. But where did they get wood? Not to cut down, but stop wood. The Barbanel says that there were Arab traders that had camps all around that they said, hey, there's these three million people. This is a market. <laughs> so they had Arab traders who sold them things. That's as they state in the Barbanel. You know, they weren't in a, I mean, even then a desert wasn't uh, totally desolate. There were, there were trading posts and things like that. When people went through the desert, you came to, to the post. Anyway, it says the Mekayshish did L'Shem Shemaim. says Rabbi Yitzhak Varka, Chiddush Gadol, that the Meraglim did it L'Shem Shemaim. Because they wanted to prove how Choshev Eretz Yisrael is. Listen to what he says. Laharos, Laham Kushba Oinsho Shabachal Shabbos, Laman Yiru Viyira Kiyotz Bekach. They also were Shem Shemayim. They knew they would get punished. But what did they want to do? They were willing to lose. To teach Klau Yisrael how bad it was to speak about bad about Eretz Yisrael. Amazing Kiddush. Amazing. We don't find it anywhere else. I've never heard this before. But that was their, that was their kavana. Yitzhak Varka makes zog. That was their kavana. Said Did you say that about any of <coughs> In, t- in Tanakh. Then maybe they did it L'Shem Shemayim. Okay, so I'll say one thing. Rabbi Wigner Miller says that every Avera in Tanakh was not what we think. It was, it was the minimal of the minimal Averas because it says, Vayas Ra Be'enei Hashem. 
they did bad in the eyes of Hashem, says Rabbi Miller, and probably from a Makor, that Be'ene Hashem, but not Be'ene Odom. That if you had looked at it, you would not have seen an Avera. Oh, in other words, it says, Vayas HaRab Be'ene Hashem. In the eyes of Hashem, they did bad. But if a regular person looked at it, he wouldn't see anything wrong. If you and I had looked at it, we said, what's wrong? Hashem saw it as an Avera. It was Be'ene Hashem was an Avera. So we look at all the Averas of the people of Tznach, we have to look through that light of, you know, uh, that what it was on their level, on their madrega. So that's what he says. Everyone does an avira on Adam. Well, no. So it's a Russia. You know, if the tyrant says the, the person Russia, then you take it at face value. But if the, if the person's otherwise it's sadik, like it says, it says Kala Amer David Chata Ein Altoya. Any of his David who did a chet yeah. is a mistake. Any of them Ruven Chata Ein Altoya is making a mistake because the the, the uh, sin was at their level. It was a sin, but at the level our level we wouldn't know. Be'ani Hashem it was a sin. We wouldn't know it. Okay. So this is what Yitzchak Varkas says. Says is Talmud. Rabbi Yechiel Alexander, he adds to it. He says, they talk L'shem Shemayim. But they didn't have it so bad because there was no gaiva involved. There was no problem. You know, if you do something bad, everyone's going to not look at you so nicely. However, he says, you know who had the real problem? Yeshua. Because Yeshua was going to save Cloud Yisrael. And everybody for history would say, Oh, Yeshua, you're so wonderful. Kalev, oh, you, you wonderful. Look what you accomplished. And he says that they could fall into the pach of Gaiva. They could become arrogant because of it. So that's why Moshe made a diamond for Yeshua. He said, Yeshua, I want you should be, I need somebody who's humble. Yeshua was humble. And therefore, because he was humble, he was able to withstand all of the, all the chashivas, all of the covenant. And that's what he said before. That's why we made, he made them to be the, the person that took over Claudius Yisrael because he had the humility. He wall, wouldn't fall into the pach of Gaiba. He says, so that takes care of Yoshua because he, he was a humble person. He says, Kalev didn't have that. So he says, but Kalev also had a different mile because Kalev was, had, what he had to do, and this offset it, is the fact he had to stand up against the rabbin. Because he had to stand up against all of these people. Nobody was praising him. Nobody was going to say how wonderful he is. Because he had to stand up. So that took away a little bit the problems that he had. But we see that both... That, so Yeshua and Kalev had a challenge, and the Meraglim had a challenge. The Meraglim had a challenge that they were going to... They wanted to do it with Shem Shemaim to teach Kalev so love for Eretz Yisrael is so important. And Yeshua and Kalev had a problem because they could fall into the issue of Gaiva, and therefore he was able to, he died for Yeshua, and Yeshua had that, that humility. Okay, I want to do one more thing, and this is also, and this will affect us, I think, affect every last one of us, and every single day. So let's move now to Perig Yud Dalin, Pasuk Lamed Dalin. And with this we will conclude. Yeah, okay, good. Yud Dalin, Lamed Dalin. Let's find the place here. Uh, page uh, 421. And we're moving along in the entire episode of the Mragam. By the way, the Mragam is, is played out over many, many, many psukim. It's, it's, it's an unusual thing that it's so important to, to, to cloud yourself to learn this and to learn from it that it's, uh, I don't know, it's over 50 psukim. So where do we have Pasuk Lamedal? So let's start with Lamed Base. So they're going to Lamedal. V'tachum asher martem lavazia 
very strong words. Your pigrechem, which is a strong lashon. It doesn't say you're, you know, you know, we call it a chalolim. Your pigrechem, it's a carcasses it would probably be a translation. Will fall by midbarza. Obnechem you royim by midbar arboim shana v'nasas nusechem ad time pigrechem by midbar. So you're going to go through a, a rough time. Now it says the famous pasuk. It says you're going to be in the Midbar 40 years. Why 40 years? So he says because how many days did the Meraglim spend in Eretz Yisrael being Meraglim? 40 days. So Yom Lashana is what it says in the Pesach. Yom Misra Yom Asher Tartem Es Aretz Arboim Yom Yom Lashana Yom Lashana. So one day for a year, one day for a year. So it comes out you're going to be there. So you're going to have to be there for forty years. I thought at the beginning they were there for forty years. What? I thought at the beginning they were not. It was known that they were going to be there for forty years. Just now. This, they yeah. Been 40 years? This is yeah. I always thought from the beginning. It, no, it says they originally they originally they were going to go into Eretz Yisrael. They're going to go into Eretz Yisrael so immediately when they came out of when they came out of Mitzrayim. They were supposed to go in Teretz Yisrael immediately. The only reason they didn't go in Teretz Yisrael immediately, even the eagle didn't stop them. The eagle, they were punished, but they were going to go in Teretz Yisrael anyway. When the Meraglim came, that's when that's when they came in the Gezer, that they'd be 40 years. Okay. You know, in fact, we've mentioned this. You know, it says in, in, in the Luchun Aran, in the Chaddai, we say, Arbaim Shana Akut Bedor. 40 years, they, they tested me. So we see... What? Awkward, no, they, they well, to awkward is probably they, they um, angered me. Probably awkward the doors. Uh, probably. I don't have to look it up. Okay, so anyway, so they went there, and what does it say in the, in the Pasik? So again, we said uh, that they were there for 40 years, and they, and they traveled there. Let's see the Pasik. So there for 40 years. So what does it say in the Pesach? It says that every day was 40 years, a day to a year, a day to a year. So the question is, why is that? How long was the amount of time that they cried about it, that the, the Kali so cried? How long did they cry for? It says one night. They cried overnight. They cried for a single night. They weren't there that long. So why? In other words, they weren't there for the whole 40 years. Why would they? Why was it that they should be punished? That they should be there for forty years? They should have been punished for one day. You were there one. You were there forty years. You should be there for a single day. So why is it that they were there forty years? It's only a little bit. So he says a very very important insight that when a person says lashon hara, so he's punished for the lashon hara that he says, and that's it. He doesn't. He gets lashon hara. He doesn't do more than that. But there's another type of person. There's a, what's called a Heilich Rachel. He goes and he looks for Lashon Hara. Have you ever been talking with somebody and a third person comes in and you can tell like they're sort of leaning over, they want to hear the conversation? Because they, they heard up a little bit of, uh, you know, epis, you know, like something, something juicy. 
So he says that's that's the talk of the type of person that you have somebody who who goes. So he has a second type. He, there's an iser. He gets says the chafetz chaim that he's punished not only for the going, but he's uh, not only for the speaking of lashonar. He's punished for all of the going and everything else that he did to get till he spoke lashonar, because he's a haylech rachel. That's what the word haylech rachel means. So when it says in the pasuk lo seilech rachel, what do you mean lo seilech rachel? Don't go to be a talebearer. It should say lo tia rachel. You shouldn't be a rochel. You shouldn't be a talebearer. What's lo seilech? Go. Says the Chavetz Chaim, based on Shalom, that everything that the person does, everything that they walk around, everything that they involve themselves, that's also part of the Avera. So it's not just the speaking of Lashon Hara, but when you prepare for it, you get ready for it, that's also something. So somebody goes and he says, you know, I want to talk to Lashon Hara, and but my friend, I have to you know, take a bus and a train to get them, it's take me two hours. So you don't get just punished for the... Ten minutes of Lashonara, you get punished for the whole two hours because you spent your whole time. Because everything else was there in order to make that Lashonara happen. So that's Lysalech Rachel. Don't go. Don't do. It's bad enough that you said Lashonara. But don't spend your time getting ready for Lashonara. Don't spend your time. You know, if, probably if somebody types it up, I don't know, you probably, you know, the Chavetz Chaim famously said that if you say Lashonara, one person get one Avera. If you say Lashonara in a whole country, you can have millions of Averas from one Lashonara. If you knock a whole country. says, Chavetz Chaim, you knock Eretz Yisrael. I mean, Shreklach. It's, it's, who knows? So you have to be careful not only about speaking Lashon Hara, but all the preparations, all the running uh, runner-up to get to that Lashon Hara. So that's the Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us that... Lashon Hara could be on an inanimate object, it could be on a chair. You know, it's Earth, it's Eretz Yisrael. So, so, so Rav Schwab speaks about that, and Rav Schwab says... Yeah, Rav Schwab... <coughs> no, on a chair you might be okay. If you say this is not a good chair, that's okay. Rav Schwab says it's because it was Holy Land. In other words, you're speaking on something which was had kedusha, mm-hmm. something that had kedusha. That's why I was also to talk about it. If if I if I I don't know, I mean maybe if I said this is not a nice chair, okay. You know, but I say, um, let's say that people say I, I prefer this shul over that shul. It's in the same category. Could be, yeah, you okay. could be. Yeah, that's very possible. That that's that could be an avaklosh and hara. If you say I like this, if you say I like this shul because they daven. Uh, slow, you know, maybe you're saying, yeah, you know, say you shouldn't say that. Right, so you have to, the other one might disagree. Right, you, exactly. Oh, no, I know better. Oh, okay. So that I don't know. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's, that's about my pace. Yeah. So therefore, it says in the Pesach, so we'll go back to this, it says, why are you the Yoyim Lashon and Yoyim Lashon and you're punished for every day they walked around because every day they walked, they were preparing that Lashon Hara. Every but day they that they walked, they were going around. But sure, the Maragim. Rashi, 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 so Rashi calls them Rishoyim. Rashi, Rashi calls and says they're Rishoyim. Rishoyim But how so, they were good people? That's that's a different share that we spoke about. How good people? How good people went back? But according to Pshat, we're saying Bitzgavorka, Adarava. They were, they meant Lashem Shemayim, so they stayed good people. The other Pshat, we have to. How did good people go bad? That we have to figure out a different share. In this share, is these were good people and they did Lashem Shemayim. Anyway, so. One day for the year, one day for the year, because everything that they did led to it. So it wasn't just the one night of, that they stayed up, you know, complaining. It wasn't just the Lashonar they said, but the whole thing came to Lashonar, and that's became it. And that's a scary thing that we have to realize, that everything that we do, we have to understand, leads to where we're going. And we have to always be careful, not only about the Aver itself, 
but uh, the same way, by the way, since when we finish, since mitzvahs are better than Averas, so we should know also that just like we get schar for the mitzvah, we get schar for the lead up to the mitzvah and all the things we do to make the mitzvah happen. So therefore, it's in a good way we can see it as well. So the miraglim have now uh, unfortunately happened, happened, and next week we'll go on to Mitzvah Karuch.